Hallelujah. Well, turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. How many are glad for the Word of God? I remember when I came to the Lord, I remember I would just look at my mom's Bible. She had bought one for me and um, my two brothers. I don't know if they ever cracked it open or not, but, you know, back then. But um, it was a large print Bible. I'm talking about large print. And um, I used to look at her Bible and I thought, man, what in the world? It just, it'd be blue and orange and yellow and all, all highlighted and stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, through the years, I mean, I like what Brother Hagin said. If you can't write in your Bible, throw it away and get one that you can write in. And so highlight it, underline it. Amen. And I have, I have a Bible like that. Every Bible I've had. In fact, this one is kind of falling apart. But I like what I heard one minister say. If, if your Bible's falling apart, you're not. Amen. So you want it to be worn and, and used. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Let's read in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, that means kill, put to death the deeds of the flesh or the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you know that when you're led by the Spirit, He'll lead you to do those things? Lead you to cut things off and things that are, would hinder you. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Lord, we thank you today for the people of God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that each heart would be receptive, every mind would be open to your truth. And we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you that we will be doers of the word and then we receive all the blessings of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Say this, I'm a doer of the Word of God. So he's talking in this passage, the Apostle Paul, about being led by the Spirit of God. And this is the way that God has intended that every believer should live. Many people wonder how God leads. Most people believe that God just leads through circumstance. They believe that if something happens, then that was God leading me. If something didn't happen, then that was God leading me. That's why in the New Testament, we're not supposed to put out fleeces. As we see Gideon, people say, well, you know, Gideon did that. But see, he was not born again. That was under the old covenant. What is putting out a fleece? Lord, if you want me to do that, who's ever prayed those 
You can be honest, you know. Lord, if you want me to do that, then just close that door. If you want me to do that, then just have Aunt Susie call me today. Have three red cars pass by my house. What's wrong with that? Well, a lot. Because we're not supposed to be led by circumstance. A lot of people think, well, that, that door just closed and, and so must, it must have been God. Lord, if you, want, if you want me to do that, then just then keep that door open. But that's not the way we're supposed to pray in the new covenant. So the will of God is us not to be in the dark in any area of our lives. So when it comes to making decisions in life, Christians have a higher way and a better way than just circumstance and then just hoping and just rubbing, you know, and throwing dice, you know, casting lots. Are you here today? Amen. And so the answer to a million and one questions in life is summed up in this statement. Be led. Be led. What do you mean be led? Be led by the Holy Ghost. He says here, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we want the Holy Spirit to lead us into every decision. We want the Holy Spirit to have his input and we have to check with him. How many know if you want to know something, you have to ask? Don't assume anything. See, pride assumes, but humility asks. Humility asks questions and checks in with the Lord. So the Bible covers many things in life, many things that pertain to our uh, personal life, but there's some things the Bible doesn't cover, like what job should I go to? What's my career? Who do I marry? Where should I live? How many know you need to hear from God on those things? Amen. And especially the things that, that affect your life for uh, the rest of your life and for eternity. So I want to share this morning about learning to be led by the Spirit of God. Learning to be led by the Spirit of God. As a believer, there's many things that we can do to help in our sensitivity putting ourselves in a place to where we can hear God and hear His voice. Many people don't even believe you can hear the voice of God. They think it's, well, you know, they must be super spiritual or, or something because I don't hear the voice of God. But every believer can hear the voice of God and know what God is saying to them. Some people think, oh, the audacity. They actually believe they heard God. It's like I heard a minister say, <clears throat> they had this group of ministers together, and this one guy had seen an angel. And they were about to ready to excommunicate him out of the, the denomination they were in. <laughs> you know, give him the, the left foot of fellowship. And so um, here they were, and they, they, they were going around the table. They finally asked this seasoned minister, said, uh, Brother so-and-so, we haven't heard from you. What do you think about this? He said, sirs, he said, we're totally wrong in this. We, you know, we're trying to excommunicate him and, and, and people thinking it's strange. He said, what's strange is that we don't have more people seeing angels. We don't have more people that are, are spiritual and, and hearing from God. They were ready to get rid of him because he had an experience with God. But this seasoned minister said, the problem is, is none of us are spiritual enough. Now, see, the Lord can give a vision to anybody. And 
you can be carnal and the Lord give you a vision. So don't think that. You know, the Bible talks about the Corinthian church being used in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. A lot of people think that you have to be a spiritual giant to be used with the gifts of spirit. Well, if that's true, then none of us will be used. But the, the, the Corinthian church was what Paul called carnal or baby ruled. Or, or, or babyish, or selfish and body ruled is what I meant to say. So just because you, you operate in the gift of spirit, that doesn't make you a mature person. What makes us mature is the word of God. So that's why we need teachers. That's why we need the, the prophet, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Why? For the perfecting of the saints so that we can grow up into the stature and the fullness of a mature man. I would be concerned if I'm not more spiritually mature this year than I was last year. Check up on yourself. Have I grown in the last five years? Have I grown in the last year? Have I grown in the last month? Hallelujah. But I said this, you need to put yourself in a place to hear God. Now, especially in the days of, I know we still have landlines, but when there was only landline phones, if you're waiting for a call, where would you want to be? You'd want to be close to the phone. I mean, just being close to the refrigerator wouldn't necessarily help you unless it was right next to it. So what you have to do is put your place, yourself in a place to where you're going to hear from God, in a place where you're close to him and you can hear what he's saying. And this is not something that you learn overnight. It takes time in walking with God personally. And see, that's what the, the whole life of the believer is a personal walk. You know, God doesn't have any grandkids. God only has kids. And why? Because you don't come to, to the Lord based upon someone else. You come to the Lord based upon your own personal relationship. So talking about learning to be led by the Spirit of God, how does God lead us? And so I want to share this morning three different ways that God leads us in life. And there's a lot more, but I'm just honing in on these three today. Number one is the Word of God. The Word of God. So that's, that's why it's so important that we know what the Bible says. When we had, in history, we had a, a time called the Dark Ages. Why was it called dark? Because the Bible was kept out of the hands of the people. Only the priests could know it, only certain ones. But you know, that's not true. You know that every person can understand the word? Everyone can, can understand. Even a child can understand. <clears throat> so number one, the word of God. Look over in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> this is when Jesus was tempted of the devil after fasting 40 days and nights. Verse 4 says this, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So how did the enemy, how did Jesus deal with the enemy? It is written. How are we going to conquer the enemy and, and win in every situation in life? And I shared some of these things Wednesday night. We do it by it is written. It is written. But notice what, it, what goes on here. Then the devil takes him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. 
and said unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. For it is written. Now notice the devil starts to quote scripture. He shall give his angels charge concerning you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. So did you know that the, the devil can quote scripture? That's why you have to know the whole counsel of God. Why? Because he'll twist it, even as he did here. Lest at any time. So what's he saying? At any time for every circumstance, hey, they'll take care of you. But notice what Jesus says. It is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil takes him up into exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So what's he doing? He's, he's quoting many different things, Exodus 34, other scriptures, but you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So what did he do? He quoted the word back to him. Remember when Peter had a revelation that he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, you know, flesh and blood didn't give this to you, but my father in heaven revealed that unto you. Well, just that same afternoon, can you have a revelation of God in the morning and, and yield to the enemy in the afternoon? Peter did. Peter, uh, Jesus started telling him, hey, I'm going to die. And so he says, Lord, be it far from me. The other translations say this, pity yourself. Pity thyself. And Jesus, one of the strongest words he ever gave. That's why self-pity only takes you down. Never, ever feel sorry for yourself. And just start singing the blues. Oh, God, no one knows the trouble. See, that's what happened to Elijah. And that was the beginning of the end for him. The Lord told him, go anoint Elisha in your place. But one of the strongest words that Jesus ever gave in the Bible, he turned around. He didn't play with it. He didn't just, oh, now, Peter, we shouldn't think like that. I mean, in the woke generation we have now, it would be, now, Peter, just try your best. And I know sometimes it's hard. But if you can just find it in your ability, just... You know, just think about it, you know, and pray about it and come back. No, he turned around. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. You're an offense unto me. You don't even savor the things that are God's, but the things that are of men. Did that mean that Peter was Satan? No, it just means he yielded to the enemy. Just like we can yield to the enemy if we choose to. But I'm going to yield to the Holy Ghost. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why we have to know the Bible for ourselves. The Bible tells us over in Acts 19, the Bible says that there was a certain exorcist. I don't think about that stupid movie from years ago, but he, um, Paul dealt with this. It said there was a certain exorcist and said seven sons of uh, Sceva. And it said they took on the name of the Lord saying, we adjure you, we command you, in the name of Jesus, 
And then they tag this on, whom Paul preaches. What did that mean? I don't really know him personally myself, but this Paul guy that's been preaching, he's been using that name. And so you know what? In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the Bible says that that devil spoke up through his voice, said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? You know, you need to, to know that the devil knows your name. Does the devil know you? Does hell know your name? Amen. <laughs> so, number one, the, the word of God is how God leads us. The Bible says in John 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, we have to know what the Bible tells us. That is the, the number one authority. It is written. And, and this is very important. The same voice that speaks to you in the word is the same that speaks to you personally. Now, I'm going to clarify a little bit because it's when we say the word voice, we're saying that very loosely because it's not a voice per se that we hear out here with our natural ears. Never seek to hear voices. Many years ago, um, evangelist Oral Roberts, he was ministering, and in one of his meetings, he told the story about how God called him into the ministry, and to him, it seemed audible. You ever just had that? Something just, you think, what was that? Why? Because it can be more authoritative, voice of the Holy Ghost. And so he said <clears throat> that God spoke to him, and he, God can do that. He can he wants to speak to you in an audible voice, you can. And he can. So he said that God spoke to him and called him into the ministry. Well, this woman heard this. And she said, I want God to speak to me in an audible voice. She, uh, in the process of time, she lost her mind. She actually was, she could understand some things that people were saying. But she came to this one meeting that um, Kenneth Hagin was holding. And came in the prayer line. And um, as soon as he laid hands on her, he said that he had a word of knowledge and all this flashed before him. We're talking about in the ministry of the prophet. And um, the prophet is called a seer in the Old Testament. And so he began to see all this unfold before him and he, he verified it with her. And anyway, he saw that this lady went to a meeting that the man of God had spoken and said that, and that since then she had tried to hear voices. And you had demons that were, were influencing her and driving her crazy. And so he said, I'm not going to minister to her because he couldn't get her delivered. He took it to another minister, couldn't get her delivered. The husband took it to another minister, and he didn't get de she didn't get delivered. And now she wouldn't get delivered now, and then you'd be mad at me. He said, we'll meet with you after the service. So they went into the, the pastor's office after the, the service and said, the reason why I didn't minister to you is this, and, and explained all that. And he said, in fact, sister, you, can, you understand everything that I'm saying. Yeah, I understand you. He said, as long as you want to hear these voices, you will hear them. 
But if you, if you don't want to hear them, then you just tell me and we can pray. She said, no, I like hearing these voices. Well, you can't help somebody like that. I don't care how much authority you have in the name of Jesus. God doesn't even exercise authority over someone's will. Hallelujah. So you help who you can help. You know, it's like the one time when I was in Bible school, Brother Hagin tells the story. He was, he was praying and he was going down this line of people. And you had a whole line of people. He said about three people away from this one man, he got to this man, he realized that he had a spirit, like a passenger. And um, as soon as he got to that man, I'll try to impersonate the way he said it. He's like, he got up to the man and this man said, you can't cast me out. You can't cast me out. He said, yes, I can in the name of Jesus. He said, no, you can't. This guy, wants, he wants me in here. And as long as he wants me in here, then I can stay. He said, you're right. And he just passed him on. Why? Because if you want something a certain way, it's going to be that way. You know, don't frustrate yourself. If, if people don't want something, if you're sharing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and people don't, don't want to hear it, then you quit talking. If people don't want to hear about the things of God, you're just wasting your time. But if people have an open heart, then, then, then there's, just, there's something like a sponge that, that God can just pour himself into. Hallelujah. But it all comes back to it is written. It is written. Everyone say it is written. So that we don't seek voices, and as we'll see here in just a minute, God does not, God doesn't try to just speak something out here. We have to learn to be led on the inside. So number two, the inward witness. How does the Lord lead us? He leads us by the inward witness. Look in our text again. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans eight sixteen says, The Spirit itself, or Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So if the Lord can bear witness and, and show you things which are the most important, which is the fact that you're a child of God, then can He show you other things? If He can show you that, then He can show you where to live. He can show you, you know, who your spouse is. He can show you what job to go to. Hallelujah. So this is actually the primary way that he leads us today. He leads me by his spirit. And he guides me through his spirit. And do you know that this actually is a safeguard for us because... You know, the devil, the devil can influence people from without. What am I saying? Out here, thoughts come to you. Even as you're sitting here right now, thoughts can come to you about the craziest things. You could be in church. Like one person said, the most holy saint at times can find thoughts in their heart, thoughts in their mind that their heart resents. So what does the enemy do to the person that doesn't know? He comes and says, now look at you. Sitting in church thinking about that. 
you know, what an what a awesome believer that you are. And so then people get under condemnation. But see, here's the thing. You have to realize that thoughts come from within or they come from without. Those thoughts can come just like a machine gun bullet, just flying like darts over your head. The greatest battlefield is the battlefield of the mind. <clears throat> and so that's why we have to take those thoughts captive. The Bible says taking every thought captive by the word of God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing, every lofty thing that exalts itself against the, the, the knowledge of God. So the Bible says there are many voices in the world and with none without significance. And so there's a lot of voices in the world. You don't want to follow every voice in the world. You know, people that have committed heinous crimes. Well, I felt this. Well, that doesn't mean you're supposed to act on it. I felt a lot of things I'm glad I never acted on in life. Amen. And it's not because I'm such a, a lousy person. It's because the enemy can speak to anybody. And it comes from without. You know, it was a great story I heard about this one guy. He was up on a skyscraper. He's way at the top of this high rise. He's just looking down and he just goes out and never been up there before. And he looks down and he sees people look like ants down there and the thought just comes to him why don't you just end it why don't you why don't you just jump now a lot of people right there they'd have been at their therapist the next day oh god i'm suicidal you know why why am I, why would i even be thinking that and then the devil says you got three of them you don't just have one you got three devils i mean that's the way the devil is but it was great because this guy, he, he knew that thoughts come from within or without. So this thought came and said, why don't you just jump? He said, no, you jump. And he just walked away. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because he recognized the source. So number two, the inward witness is the primary way that God leads us. The Bible tells us in Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, we use candles limitedly now, but you could say now like light bulb. If that was written today, you'd probably say, the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. What does that mean? The light, what does light do? It illuminates. It makes bright. It, it, it gets the darkness out. Confusion is darkness. Anytime there's confusion in your life, there's darkness. What do you need? You need the light. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What, what does that mean? That means that God is going to use your spirit to illuminate you and to lead you. Say this with me. He leads me by his spirit and in my spirit. The Bible tells us in Psalm 18, 28, for you will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. The Lord will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So God leads me by the Holy Ghost. Notice that the, the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. A lot of people think that, that trials are the teachers of life. 
Well, you should learn some things, you know. You, you, who's ever learned from the school of hard knocks? It's called your own mistakes, you know. You learn things, and that's the most painful way to learn. I'd rather learn from someone else's mistake and then not do it. But he leads me by his spirit. So what does that mean? That means I have to become spirit conscious. The fact that I am a spirit being. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So that tells us that we're, you know, a lot of people quote that in reverse. What do they say? Body, soul, and spirit. And the reason they say that is they're more body conscious than they are spirit conscious. So you need to just become, on a daily basis, more spirit conscious. Because what happened, when, when we die, what, you know, that's not the end of us. All that happens is our body which is the, the house we live in, we just step out of our body. I don't cease to exist. I don't become an angel. I don't float on a cloud. I am not a, it's not annihilation. I am still going to exist for eternity. I've made the decision it's going to be with Jesus. But those that have not made that decision, people say, well, you know, I haven't chosen. Well, if you haven't chosen, there's already a choice been made for you. <laughs> Well, you know, I didn't choose the devil. Well, he already chose you. And so you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ and be born again. So what I have to do is, is realize I am a spirit being. So if God's going to lead me, I'm going to be conscious that, I'm, that he's leading me here. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are head-led. All kinds of different ways. But you know, you can be head-led, feeling-led, circumstance-led, money-led. Well, you know, we can't do that because it costs a certain amount of money. But who's ever noticed, though, buying the cheapest is not always the best? Have you ever bought a piece of equipment? And you know, I'm going to just save a little bit of money. And then the thing tears up within two months. <laughs> now you're having to rebuy or you're having to get it fixed when if you just pay now not in every circumstance but in a lot of circumstances you do get what you pay for <laughs> and so we can't just be led by all these things be led by the Holy Ghost well sure the, the Lord would call he would always lead me to buy the cheapest thing no be led by the Holy Ghost be led. Be led. Hallelujah. So that's one of the great advantages the Bible tells us over in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to just turn over there and read. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Paul the Apostle says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful. So here we even see Paul distinguishing the difference. He said, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is that? That's your mind. 
Some people think, well, they're just a mind. But you know, you're a, you, you have a mind, but you are a spirit. And you live in a body. I like what the Amplified says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So, one of the great advantages of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, is the fact that you're building up your spirit and you're, you're letting your spirit man be, be energized and, and built up and you're being more conscious of your, your spirit. I like what one minister said. He said he always found that the more he prayed in tongues, the more manifestations of the spirit he had. The less he prayed in tongues... Why is that? Because tongues is just the doorway into the supernatural. That's all it is. People think, oh, my, I I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues, and I've arrived. No, you just, that means you just got in. That's just the the opening door. So now you have the lifelong journey of, of fellowshipping in the Spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost. And that helps you uh, to become more aware that you are a spirit. If I become more aware of my spirit, it's just like that telephone that's hanging on the wall. I'm close to it. I realize, oh, there's the phone. I'm expecting that phone call. I'm more conscious of my spirit. That direction's in there. That, that leading I need is in there. Not just trying to reach out in the sky somewhere and just, oh, God, you know, somewhere, somehow, just speak to me. Just get quiet on the inside. Amen. You know, that's hard for a lot of people to do. So that's why we have to spend a lot of time, what I would say, ministering to your own spirit. How do you minister to your own spirit? You feed it the Word of God. And you stay in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. And here's the thing. The more you stay in the presence of God, everything that's not of God starts to fade away. It just it falls off. But it, sometimes it takes periods of waiting on the Lord. Especially major decisions in your life, you want to wait on the Lord. You want to wait in His presence till you know for sure. And if you don't know, don't make a decision. Well, I'm just going to make the decision and hope it's right. No. Wait. It's better to, to wait until you know. Hallelujah. If you're not sure that you should, then don't. So what is this inward witness? As we said, it's not a voice. Don't ever seek voices. But when you start to pray about something, say that you, you feel like you want to, the Lord, you feel something on the inside. What do we call it? People in the world call it a hunch. You know, just, a, just a, something on the inside. Just have this knowing. We could use that word, a knowing. But you start to pray about something. And on the inside, you have what someone likened to like a, a green velvety-like feeling on the inside. Just who's ever felt velvet? You know, it's like real smooth. and You have that smooth velvety feeling on the inside. What is that? That's a go-ahead. And I'm not talking about a physical feeling, but just there's no other way to really say it. Just in your spirit, you feel. But on the other hand, you pray about something, and you ever prayed about something, and it's like, it's like a stop sign. It's like, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the inward witness, witnessing that you don't do that. You know, the Bible talked about 
Paul, he said, the Holy Ghost witnesses that in every city there's bonds waiting for me. Now, how would you like to have that witness? Well, the Lord spoke to me, though, every city I'm about to go to, there's going to be trouble. So that's why a lot of people would just say, well, it must not be the will of God, so I better not do it. But, but Paul was never in the will of God if it was according to circumstances. Do you know that's why even the Bible talks about Agabus the prophet. He came down to, to Paul and it said that he, one translation said he signified by the Spirit. What did he do? He grabbed a hold of his belt and, and he, he said, so shall the, the, the people at Jerusalem do to the man that owns this. And he bound his hands and feet. So what was he saying? He signified by the Holy Ghost, this is what's going to happen to you when you go down there. It's the same thing God had already been speaking to him. And see, that's what prophecy is supposed to be. Confirmation to you of what God is already speaking. It shouldn't just be some new revelation like, oh, wow, God, you want me to go to China? Really? Boy, I... That's new to me. No, that's, you don't want to go do it. You want to have that in your own spirit. What if someone comes up and prophesies, you are going to be in Guadalajara ministering the word. And it's like, you're thinking, I don't even like Mexican food or whatever, you know, and you think, God, that, is that you? But no, don't let those things shake you. Confirmation. And some things you just have to kind of put on the shelf. I'll be honest. And, and you let the Lord work it out. That's what I mean. You, you let the Lord work it out. You don't try to go things that have been prophesied over us at times. It was a time and a season for them. So you can't just go out and make it happen tomorrow. Don't try to go make it happen. So you have that good feeling. That's the inward witness. Go ahead. You have that, that, that stop, that, that something that's just like, Oh, man, I don't know. That's just, that's the inward witness. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because remember, he leads us by peace. He leads us by peace. The Bible tells us over in Colossians, you don't have to turn over there, but I'll read um, Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which you are called. Other translations say this. Let peace be the umpire. So just like you have an umpire in baseball, what's he doing? He's calling balls and strikes. I, I won't impersonate that. But he's calling that's a ball. That's a strike. What is the peace saying? That's not me. This is me. You follow in the way. Walk ye in it. That's what peace does. Peace is what leads us. So if you, don't, if you have just agitation in your spirit, oh, man, I don't feel good about that, then don't do it. Don't do it. How many people have said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Then why did they do it? <laughs> We've all done that. We've all done that. So, you know, there's no one can throw stones. We've all done that. But let peace be the umpire. Hallelujah. Take your time. It's always better to take time in the preparation stage. 
before you do a thing. Because then when you do a thing, what you're pouring your resources, your money. You don't want to pour your money in something and then realize it wasn't the will of God. You want to, you want to know that it's the will of God before you do something. So the inward witness. And then number three, the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. And as I said in the beginning, this is by no means an exhaustive list. We also have what we would call the still small voice, which is a little different. But there's also, we see that God leads people um, through angels, through visions. We see that, that this happens over here in Acts chapter 10. So there's many different ways that the, the Lord can lead us. But the, number three, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10. So in the beginning of Acts chapter 10, we see that the Bible talks about a man named Cornelius. He says he feared God with all his house, and he gave much alms to the people, and he prayed to God always. He sees in a vision a man coming into him, um, and he looked on him, and he was afraid, and this angel appeared to him. And what does the Lord tell him? See, this angel gives him direction, doesn't he? He says, now send, uh, Acts 10, 5, send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you should do. See, the Bible tells us that, that angels never preach the gospel. He's left that to men. So he calls for uh, uh, Peter. And look down at verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up unto the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. If you want things to, to happen in your life, then you need to pray. Amen. Some people have used the acronym PUSH. Pray until something happens. Amen. Pray until something happens. Not that you're seeking those things or seeking a voice or seeking that an, an angel would appear. He says, Peter went on the house off to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry. Who's ever got real hungry when you pray? Your, your body starts talking to you. You know, hey, I remember there was some fried chicken in the fridge. <laughs> and so he says he would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. The Greek actually says he fell over bodily. He fell into this trance. What happens in a trance is your physical senses are suspended. You don't know where you are, actually. And he says that he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending upon it as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, where were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. 
And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that call not uncommon. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now I want you to look at verse 17. Now, now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. Look in verse 19. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek you. So just from the way the Bible explains this, I believe this was stronger than just an inner witness. That, that you know, he had this impression of the Spirit. This was more than an impression of the Spirit. He says, the Spirit said unto him. No other way that he would have known this. I mean, it, it could come as like a, a word of knowledge at the moment. And he says, behold, three men seek you. Arise, go get in down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. And then Peter went down to the men which were sent on him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? And so he, he lays it out and, and, and talks about it, um, why they called him. And then, of course, Peter preached the word unto him, and they get saved. But how did Peter know this? How did Peter know what to do? Because the Spirit said unto him. There's times in life where the Spirit of God will speak to you. And sometimes it has to be more authoritative because you're not paying attention. It's kind of like when your mom said, William Matthew Bedsole, that meant come here now. No delays. Otherwise, she would be praying quickly, rapidly, till there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Laying hands on me suddenly. <laughs> well, when the Lord says that, you know, it's like when Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Now, when the Lord says your name twice, then you need to already be repentant on the way. Amen. When he says, Dylan, Dylan. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so God wants to lead every one of us personally. And I, I know in the days that we live, it's more important than ever that we get it right. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting any younger and it's not, I don't have 40 years to waste. You know, when you're young, you think, oh man, Someone that's 25, they're, they're old. But then the older you get, you have like a new, it's like when you get 50 or 60, that's like the new norm of, of you know, middle age or young. Then you get 70 and 80. Oh, that's, you just kind of change that bar all the time. But it's more important than ever that we get it right and that we're led by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we'll be in the right place at the right time. And what, what this is a safeguard for us against the wiles of the enemy. And, and God wants to speak to us individually. 
And, and the other thing about this is you don't have to have a man. You don't have to come to me and say, Pastor, pray for me. That I mean, we can pray with you and agree with you, but you don't have to come and say, what's the Lord saying? I'll ask you, what's the Holy Ghost saying to you? I mean, we've, we've done that. To, I've heard any number of people that would talk to a, a, a certain man of God, and he would always say this, what's the Holy Ghost telling you? And so then you, are, you have to step back and say, well, a lot of times we already know what the Holy Ghost is telling us. But what do we want? We want a confirmation just to make sure. But he leads us by the inner witness. Hallelujah. And so what will happen is in life you'll begin to get a confidence that I've heard from God. And there's nothing like knowing that you've heard from God. I've heard the voice of God. I've heard from him. Does that mean I'm hearing voices? No. You know, if you, if you encounter someone that, you know, they see angels about once a week. They have an out-of-body experience about once a month. <laughs> you know, they, they see demons every other night by their bed. Get away from them. Amen. Part ways with them. Why? Because that's, that, that's not the, the life. You know, in fact, when we read the New Testament, I'll leave you with this. Don't make the things of God spectacular. Many people are looking for the spectacular, and meanwhile, they're missing the supernatural. Why? Because the inward witness is supernatural. The voice of the Holy Ghost is supernatural, but it may not be spectacular. What's spectacular is like a hand appearing and writing on the wall <laughs> with Nebuchadnezzar or, or his son. And the, and the Bible says that his knees smote one with the other. The thoughts of his visage changed. Well, you don't have to have that. Well, I just, God's got to give me a burning bush. Well, don't be hard-headed like that. Well, you know, if God's going to call me, then he's got to write it in the sky. You know, the Bible tells us that we should be rain-trained and not be like a mule. That, that you, you know, it, it takes so much for that mule to, to learn. But you can be just like a well-trained horse. Now, I'm not an, I'm not an equestrian. And I'm not, I've never ridden a horse, but I can just tell you by knowledge. Not personal knowledge, but just, you know, you can read things. But, <laughs> but you know, you have a well-trained horse, though. You can just put that right on the, his neck and just ever so lightly. That well-trained horse, he'll begin to turn. You don't have to fight with him. You know, we shouldn't do that with God. The Lord should be able to speak to us, and, and we just like, he just gently leads us. And so the way that that's going to happen, though, is we're going to have to be conscious of his presence, going to be have to conscious, and then the Lord just speaks so softly, and we just know. You know, we, we shouldn't have to have it where the Lord speaks. You know, especially the things we do. That's why we have to 
there's so many things we could get into, but that's why it's important to live a holy lifestyle. Because as you live holy, you're, you're, there's nothing condemning you. There's nothing that's, that's hurting your conscience and saying, because, you know, you can, you can have things in your heart and in your life that God could be speaking through the PA system and you wouldn't hear it. Amen. But if, if, you, if you, like the Bible says, mortify the flesh, crucify the flesh, put those things away, then your heart is clean. That's why we always say, be very quick to forgive. Be very quick to repent. Why? Because it'll keep your conscience clear. It'll keep your conscience clean, and it might just save your life. When the Lord tells you, don't go here, go over here. Don't be in this place. I could tell you testimony after testimony about these kinds of things. Where people would be in a place and the Lord would say, wait here five minutes. Why? I mean, why, Lord? Well, you don't have to know why. <laughs> you know when the Lord tells you something, you don't have to know why. You just need to obey. In fact, one person, they, had, they were sitting there and they had this, they were going through this one town and the Holy Ghost just spoke to them and said, pull off to the side right here. And they thought, well, you know, I've been through here hundreds and hundreds of times. They pulled up, car ran a red light, pew, hit him, and almost killed his wife on the passenger side. And um, anyway, he said, boy, if I could have, when he heard some teaching along this line, he said, if I would have listened to the Holy Ghost, I would have saved myself. Six months later, he's in the same place. Pull off to the side. The first thing he thought, oh, that's just my mind speaking because I had that happen last time. You know, that's just, that's just me. He said, without even thinking, I just pulled off. He said, somebody came through. He said it would have hit him on his side. Just ran a red light. So how many know it's important to obey the Holy Ghost? My mother being a, a believer, she, um, when I was in high school, You've heard this testimony. I was in a, we were in a bus accident. And my mom that morning, she had already committed to be a chaperone for the high school band. And, um, you know, she didn't want to break her commitment, you know, and make you look like a phony or something. And so people are depending on you. But she had a check in her spirit that morning. Don't go. So what happened is we had a Friday night ball game that was canceled because of the weather. So they, they, the high school game was moved to Saturday. And it was out of town about an hour away. So she had a check in her spirit, and she just kind of, well, okay, I've already gave my word. And so what she, she probably said, well, you know, I gave my word, and a, the, the mark of a true spiritual pilgrim is you swear to your own hurt, and you don't change. How many know you can miss it by quoting the Scripture sometimes? Because the Holy Spirit was trying to lead her, you know, if the Holy Spirit's leading you, you can't just say, he protects me. You know, that, that a thousand will fall to my side. He might be protecting you by telling you don't go somewhere. And that is the Lord speaking to you. So then my mom had a friend call her. Hey, Cheryl, why don't you come over here? Let's go to the, we're going to go to the mall today. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the band. So the Lord was trying to have a second person to, to distract her from that. And so 
she she even told it many times later that she knew it was the Lord. But, you know, you, you just kind of second-guess those things. Well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because the pizza we had last night. And so what happened, though, is we, we went that Friday night or Saturday night, went to the ball game. Coming back, they had um, just repaved this new stretch of road. And uh, I remember going up the... Um, the bus driver, who was also one of my teachers in school, <laughs> she was driving the bus because her daughter was in, in my class. And um, anyway, so we, uh, she jumped the curb going up there in one place. And you thought, uh-oh. And, uh, you know, you, you jump a, with a bus, a big yellow bus, and that thing kind of shakes a little bit. So anyway, coming back, though, we were about halfway back, and we, we went off the side. We went off in a, about a six-foot ditch. It flipped that bus three times. Thankfully, by the grace of God, somebody was praying. No fatalities, only one or two broken bones. The only thing that happened to me is I hit the, the seat really hard and, and kind of bruised my shin, and I lost my glasses, but they were perfectly fine on the ground outside the bus. When, Somebody says, is this yours? And I said, yeah. And we thought we were like invincible. But it was the grace of God because I didn't know Jesus at that time in my life. But how much better it is just to, to take heed and, and pay attention the first time. Isn't that what Paul said? Paul said, sirs, I perceive. Notice he didn't say God spoke to me. He had a perception. Have you ever just had a perception like something's not right here? Something bad is going to go down right now. And so he said, I perceive that there's going to be a hurt and damage with this. But the Bible says they believed the owner of the ship more than they believed Paul. Who is this preacher anyway? I, I'm the one that knows how to drive this ship. It's like Peter could have said, preacher, who are you? I know how to fish. When, when have you ever fished? Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. So here they are. They, they go down and they, they do what they, uh, this trip. And then everything looked good. The Bible said there was a soft wind. But something was brewing that they couldn't tell. Oh, yeah, it looks okay. I have this check about it, but, you know, it kind of looks okay in the natural. Don't trust in your own understanding. Lean not to your own understanding. So what happens is what they take this trip, and what happens? Eurocladon. The Bible says Eurocladon, this tempestuous wind. And the Bible says that they get in this thing for 14 days. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on the sea. I've only been in the ocean one or two times, and, I mean, you feel that. For 14 days, they, they're, they're out there, and the Bible says that all hope that they should be lost Save was lost. And they were even trying to get rid of stuff. But then Paul, thank God for a man of God. They, they don't know how glad they were. And people shouldn't disdain you. They should be so happy that they have you on the job. Because you're, you're salt and light. Paul stood there and he said, Sirs, be of good cheer. Say what? <laughs> Why? He said, be of good cheer. The the God whose I am and whom I serve stood by me this night. There shall be no loss, just the lading of the ship. 
But he said, you got to stay with me, though. He said, you're on your own, basically, if you go. And the Lord preserved them all. Amen. Then they get out, and, and then Paul, as soon as they get on the, on the land, Paul makes a, a fire, and a snake comes and bites him, and, and they thought he was going to die. Paul just shook it off, though. He didn't just say, well, Lord, you must be through with me, and this is the end. No, he just threw it off. Why? He knew that the Lord had already spoken to him, you have to go to other places. You have to go to other places. Why? This can't kill me. Why? The Lord's already spoken to me that i got other things to do. How many of you have things in your heart to do that you couldn't do if you were dead? I mean, that's all of us, right? So this thing can't kill me. This sickness can't kill me because God's already, he's not through with me yet. I mean, I've used that several times when things would fight, you know, 10 years ago when I had an incurable disease. And this, this was fighting me. I'm not done yet. I got a wife and two kids. I mean, they were real little by, back then, you know. But it all comes back to listening to the voice of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The first step in, in being led by the Spirit is by making a commitment to the Lord. To know Him personally. He wants to personally lead us. But that starts by making a personal decision for Jesus Christ. Friend, if you're in this place, if you died today, where, where would you spend eternity? There's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died so that we could be free. If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but as I've been preaching today, you say, hey, I want to have that same personal relationship where God can talk to me, where the Lord can speak to me. If that's you, we want to pray with you today. Or secondly, if you're in this place and once upon a time you've walked with the Lord, but you've grown cold. There's only one temperature that the believer should have, and that's hot. He said, if you're, you're cold, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. This is the day to be hot and on fire for him. And thirdly, if you're in this place and you say, Pastor Will, I, I'm not even sure of my salvation. Sometimes I have doubts. But today I want to make sure. If that's you, any, any of those three categories, for the first time, or if you want to come back to the Lord, or if you want to just make sure that you're right with him. With no one looking around, just raise your hand and say, pray for me. That's me. I ask you to pray for me. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow never comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is going to be an awesome week this week. Glad two of you are excited. This is going to be an awesome week this week. Amen. Amen. 
even if you don't know, just declare it over yourself. This is going to be an awesome week this week. Great things are happening. I'm going to increase in every, on the job, I'm going to increase in, in every area this, this week. Hallelujah. Except, except your waistline. I lost five pounds this week, and it was good to be able to put this shirt back on. I hadn't worn it in a long time, so you'll increase in every way except your waistline. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands. Just talk to the Lord for just a minute before we go. And just tell him, Lord, you know, I want to I want to be in your perfect will. Lord, I want to hear you correctly. Lord, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice today. I thank you that you lead them and guide them in a special way. Lord, that you, you, you don't want us to be in the dark in any area of our life. Lord, the things that concern us, you're more concerned about them than even we are. And Lord, I thank you that you've made it a way to where we can know your voice. Lord, that a stranger's voice we will not follow but we will know the voice of the good shepherd. Lord, that we'll hear your voice and say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. The, the still small voice. Lord, that it's not just a, a hurricane. It's not an earthquake. But you, you are in the still small voice. Help us all to realize, Lord, that it's not just something spectacular. But it's always supernatural. Lord, I thank you that we'll be in the right place at the right time. We'll be led by the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name, we bless you, Father. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, something that I, when I was in Bible school, one of my instructors said this. He's a pastor now. But he was talking about um, not accepting substitutes that the enemy wants to give. You know, the enemy will give you a substitute. Well, I know you're believing God for that, but here, this is good enough for you. What's that supposed to mean? What, for, for poor old me or, or sorry me? But no, that's what the devil wants to give. Like we're unworthy. And so, but this will help you in being led by the Spirit. If it's not quite, I shared this with Ms. Sharon the other night, if it's not quite, it's not right. Well, it's not quite right. Well, that's not the right one. If it's, if it's about, throw it out. Make do, won't do. If it's almost, it's too close, too close to wrong. Amen. So just, that's always helped me through the years. If it's almost... Or if it's just quiet, it's not right. Amen. Follow your heart and 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 not that not that you deserve something, but let it satisfy your heart. Wait on God and, and let it be the right situation. Amen. There's things that's happened in our life that I was so glad we didn't preempt and, and, and get ahead of God. 
Because we have gotten ahead of God before. And then, you know, that's a, like I said, that's called the school of hard knocks. And that's kind of like a, a dog when, when you're training it and you, I, well, I remember the one dog we, we had growing up. Well, we had a couple. And I thought it was mean, you know, seeing my dad, like, the dog, you know, pooed in the, in the garage. And then he went and put the dog's face in it. Well, that's the way, you know, don't do that in here again. And he never did. <laughs> but see, that's what happens when you try to learn from your mistakes. It's like the enemy tries to, you know, put your nose like, here, you deserve this. That's when you cry out for mercy and say, God, forgive me for making that mistake. I won't get ahead of you again. Amen. Hallelujah. So how many know God doesn't lead us by one nine hundred tarot cards? Doesn't lead us by Ouija boards? Doesn't lead us by witchcraft? Doesn't lead us by prophetess so-and-so? We're led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Well, I want you to stand to your feet today. So good to look at a, a house full of victorious people. Amen. You know, one of the things that, that Pastor Lashana and I endeavor to do is I heard um, someone talking about the, the late John Osteen, who started Lakewood Church. He said, Always, he said, people always come in with burdens, always let them leave without burdens. You know, a lot of. What, what if you went to church, it's like, oh man, I feel bad right now. I feel a little bit down, but I'm really going to feel down by the end of the service. I wouldn't go to church like that. Amen. God wants our burdens lifted. Boy, little man's been watching the whole time. <laughs> He's just got his eyes fixed. Hallelujah. But right before we go, just, I want you to just grab your neighbor's hand. Let's just pray one for another. The Bible says, pray ye one for another that you may be healed. So, Father, we thank you for our, our neighbor. Thank you, Lord, that you bless my brother and sister on the left and right and front and center. Lord, I pray that you would bless them this week. Bless them, Lord, with healing. Lord, even as we make a point of contact, Lord, that we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Even by shaking hands, Lord, let the anointing go into their body. And undo that which the enemy has done. And Lord, I just thank you for wisdom and direction for them this week. Thank you, Lord, for giving them wisdom and clear understanding in which way to go. We thank you for it. Thank you for many testimonies this week. Thank you for your protection over us in all that we do. And we love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, have a great week this week, everybody. And uh, Wednesday, we have service at 7 p.m. We have an awesome time of the Lord. Hope to see you then. Amen.